0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: Welcome back to Back UL All Daily, presented by MGM at Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Joe, I am grateful, grateful that USC avoided that upset bid by Arizona because now we will get a three-team round robin in the Pac-12 with USC, Oregon, and Washington because it's possible the Pac-12 could get a playoff team, and it's likely going to be among one of those three candidates.
2: Oh, yeah, and it's really going to get going this weekend, and a, a couple of the, of the top, I believe, three or four in the Heisman race also going at it, all the implications.
1: Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, you know who also is going to know a lot about this? Our next guest, Michael Felder, college football analyst, Uh, Check out his Substack. It's Felder. Also make sure to follow him on Twitter at in the bleachers. Michael, thank you so much for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. Let's go ahead and jump right on in. We've got Oregon and Washington. The Huskies are at home. They're two and a half point favorites against Bo Nixon company. The total is 67 and a half. How do you see this game playing out?
0: One, take the over, man. Nobody, ain't nobody. Should, <laughs> these Nobody going to stop nobody in this game. And I, I listen, I like Oregon's defense and what they've been able to do with Dan Lanning, but I really would go over on this one. I I, I just, you want to talk about two guys that had to, basically they had to move out to move up, right? Pennick stayed in the Midwest at Indiana, and then ultimately he goes out to Washington, and all of a sudden he's balling. And you look at Bo Nix, great start early, right? He beat Justin Herbert in his first start as a freshman and then just had a really rough go at Auburn and was like, I got to go somewhere that's not close to home at all. And so he ends up in, in in Oregon and he's really absolutely destroying out there. So both of these teams, I think, the, this is going to be an offensive forward game. And I and I think that that's not for saying that Oregon's defense isn't going to come and show up and try to make plays. I just really love the idea that this team is, uh, both of these teams are probably going to score and Like we're, we're, we're looking at what, 67, so 68. So we're looking at what? 67. So 67. So we're looking at 34-34 is what we're dealing with, right, in terms of numbers. Like we're looking at 34-34, basically. I think this is a game that probably plays into the 40s. You play into the 40s and both teams hit the 40s, we're talking about a number that's closer to 80.
2: Hmm. Uh, USC, Notre Dame, the other one that everybody's going to be talking about come Saturday night, Irish back at home.
0: Dude. Lossom Sam Luster, Hartman obviously. just
2: Never go back to Louisville ever again, based on what's happened the last two times. Never, ever go back, dude. I don't think he's going to want to. So, uh, Notre Dame, uh, Michael, is a two and a half point favorite against Caleb Williams. I
0: find it really interesting. What do you think? I think that basically we're looking at a bounce back game for Notre Dame. Um, mm-hmm. They're now dealing with what well, two losses on the season obviously, the Ohio State game, and then you get to the Louisville game in Louisville. And I'm like, you know, let me, can I just take a sidebar here and just say, Louisville looked like they wanted to break their souls like Louisville (laughs) they could have got out of that game and won by a touchdown and been fine but Louisville was like no we are hunting points we want more we want to be sharks in the water Braum was on his he was on his he was on his job like so that was that was interesting for me to see and then when we get to Notre Dame Notre Dame They're they're. I thought they would be more explosive, but with more explosiveness comes more mistakes, and the mistakes came out of Sam Hartman, and it wasn't just the interceptions; it was also the fumbles, and those are the things that, those are the risks that you have to take if you want to be more explosive down the field. And the run game didn't get going at all. So, here's the thing: you know what the best, you know what the best remedy is for a bad run game? USC's terrible defense, and so. You're going to get to watch USC play defense against a Notre Dame team. And it's just, I, I do think, I think Notre Dame's going to win this football game. Like I think Caleb Williams obviously is the X factor and he can win. He might be able to win this game all by himself, uh, him and that offense. But at the end of the day, if you're not going to stop Notre Dame, they're going to lean on you hard and estimate. And the rest of those guys are going to try to find ways on the ground to make things happen. And, from everything that I've watched, you guys tell me I've watched you. We all, we all, all four, all three, yeah, four of us have watched USC's defense. They have mm-hmm. not stopped anyone. It has been so bad, and it doesn't appear to be getting better at all. And that's the part that, to me, that gives me pause about picking USC in this spot.
2: Interesting. Meanwhile, UCLA's defense has been a surprise. Super dominant this season. Wasn't expecting that. But I want to ask you about two undefeated Pac-12 teams, the Ducks and the Huskies. I am looking forward to this matchup, Michael. This number at two and a half and three, depending on where you do your shopping. What do you like?
0: I, I just... Like we said at the top of the show, right? Like I really just like Washington's offense. I don't think they're going to be able to be stopped. I think they have the best offense in the country. So, and I think I said that mm-hmm. what two weeks ago, and I still believe that right now. I think they have the best offense in the country. Uh, I don't think they're going to be stopped. I think you're going to have to run with them, and so that's going to be the task for the task for Oregon is going to be: can we run with this team? They've got three outstanding wide receivers, right? Like they've got guys that can make plays. Penix is also dangerous himself with his feet and obviously his arm. So I, I'm leaning Washington. I think Washington can can cover. I think that this is a spot where if Washington's defense gets some turnovers, creates some extra possessions, if you will, then this could be a game that opens up beyond that just that that two and a half that three number. Michael, it's
1: so fascinating that we get so enamored by these Pac-12 quarterbacks. And certainly the market for the Heisman backs this up. Penix, Caleb Williams, Bo Nix, Those are the three favorites to win the Heisman right now. They're all going to play each other, so that's cool. But at the same time, I wonder if we're forgetting about all of the other Heisman contenders that maybe we talked about prior to the start of the season. For instance, someone like J.J. McCarthy for Michigan Here's a guy who's going to get some stuff, some tough competition later in the year. So the highlight reel will have a chance to exist, I suppose. And I'm seeing twenty to one for him to win the Heisman. I wonder if we should start looking away from the Pac-12 for any kind of candidates, whether it's McCarthy or somebody else.
0: Well, I, listen, I'm going to stick in the Pac-12 for one second, Shaders Sanders, because he also is on the list. I know it's going to be interesting to see how many more games they win but certainly I think he belongs on that list when we talk about the Pac-12 quarterbacks that are in, that are up for the up, up up for the Heisman that are in the running. JJ McCarthy man I don't I feel so like I just got a little chill because it's like he I know that he can be good. I just don't think they're letting him be as good as he can be and that's the part that I find mm-hmm. really frustrating. Like I think he could be better than he's even playing. I think Jordan Travis belongs on that list when we talk about getting out of the Pac-12. Jordan Travis uh, over at, at Florida State belongs on that list. Um, there's a like if we're talking quarterbacks, I, there's a, there's a lot of guys that are making big plays. Drake May, by the way, UNC quietly still undefeated, still just kind of hanging around. <laughs> and so that's another one that that uh, when you look at quarterbacks, he's sitting there. And so I'm I'm very curious to see what this looks like uh, because at the end of the day, we know it's a quarterback award for the most part, and when you don't have uh, uh uh like i don't know if any of these quarterbacks that we just listed i don't know if they're going to win a national championship because we still have Ooh. georgia sitting there and georgia finally came out and did what they were supposed to do against kentucky so we got to see what this looks like i'm excited though you you're i'm looking at the odds drake May's in there JJ mccarthy jordan Travis. yeah thank you for throwing all my guys all the guys in there but yeah it's just going to be really interesting to see how this shakes itself out uh Low key, if we want to talk about someone that's kind of off the board, um, Dylan Gabriel and that Oklahoma team slowly just they're kind of like army crawling up and up and up and up and up. They took care of business against Texas. Their defense is playing pretty well. So I think this is going to be a really interesting, you know, once we get into November, I know it's October right now. We just got into October. We got to do all the trunk or treat and all the. Halloween stuff, but <laughs> once we get past spooky season, it's going to be really interesting in November. If you
1: think Sanders can win the Heisman, does that mean he can be the number one overall NFL draft pick?
0: Oh, man, that's a rough one. Ooh, buddy. I think he... This is what I do. This I is what questions. I. Yeah, that's what you do. And <laughs> I think that, I think right now that uh, Shadur is, I think he's battling. I think Shadur and penix are battling to pass drake may first i think caleb is still number one overall but i think they're battling to pass. and this is i mean i think he's the best player i think dallas turner and we got him right there jared verse i think they're both better football players than i think those are the two best football players in the country right now verse and dallas turner but i think because of this just the the horniness for quarterback right the thirst for quarterback. These, like, the quarterbacks are going to go early. So I think Caleb is still number one for now. I had a buddy that works for the Raiders. He's, he asked me, "Is do you think this guy's really that good? I said, I think he could be better with better coaching. I think Lincoln, he reminds me of a taller Kyler Murray. They play a lot in the same way, where there is a lot of freelancing. There is a lot of not being forced to play within the system, which is what I think Drake May brings to the table. It's also what I think Michael Penix brings to the table, being forced to play within a system instead of just getting the ball rolled out there and telling them to go do it. So I think what we're looking at with Shadur and looking at with with Michael Penitz is battle to beat Drake May. That's the part that's going to be interesting. And we saw this a season ago, right, with um, Florida guy Richardson, with, 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 with Richardson where there were some people that had him valued higher and some people that had him valued a little bit lower. And so I think uh, like some people had him valued above Bryce Young. Bryce Young ends up going number one overall. But that's because Bryce Young was forced to play within a system and control that system. So, we're going to see what that looks like and and what, what, who's basically it's about who's picking first, who has that, who has draft, who has trade capital to get up Mm -hmm. to get him if they like him. And those are two factors that are really, really hard to control. And that's going to be the, the, the the element for me that's going to be interesting. But yeah, I think that Shadur has an opportunity. And I obviously think that uh, Penix has an opportunity. I mean, we could see realistically, we could see four quarterbacks go in what the top six. Top 7
2: Mm-hmm. I think we've, we've heard, like, <laughs> whether it's fan bases or media types talk about, I think, half the NFL right now tanking because there's so many yeah. good quarterbacks. Like, now, oh, should the Patriots tank? Justin Jefferson IR, on IR this yeah. morning. Should the Vikings be tanking? They're going to move on from Cousins anyways. It's going to be fascinating <clears throat> to watch. Uh, Chicago, they've got the two very high picks. What? A, but Fields is balling out now. Like, it's going to yeah. be really, really interesting. Uh, Michael, it's time. We got to talk about Mario Cristobal. Woo. Oh man. If you missed it, his team is doing what they're supposed to do. Yep. Trying to grind out the clock. They're running for first downs. They force Georgia Tech to use all their timeouts. They're up yep. 20 to 17, third and 10, 34 seconds. He calls a handoff. We know how it goes. Fumble. Eventually, Georgia Tech wins. Crazy touchdown. We could talk about the defensive issues too. Like how do how does your secondary let their receivers get past you in the final moments of that game? I, I thought Joe Clatt brought up an interesting point, and he was talking about the players. Like how do you trust Mario Cristobal now, and also the yep. development of quarterbacks and lack thereof, or lack thereof. Like your your head coach, your play caller makes an egregious mistake like this. Like at no point does somebody say, no, 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 no. We need to take a knee. This is what we do. The game is over. Like what are your thoughts about this crystal ball situation and what happened with Miami?
0: I mean, it was a gross mism- mismanagement, right? Like that's that's the reality. Like that's, I think that's the best way to term it. Like that was a that was mouth mal- that was a malfeasance, right? Like that's a malpractice of of, of football justice. Like you did it wrong. Like you didn't do it like the way you're supposed to do it. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm watching them get lined up and I'm like. I don't why, did, why Why isn't the running back way back here? So they mm-hmm. could huddle around and then take a knee and then you could be done. What? Why are you doing this? Like worst case scenario, what do you have to punt? But they're not going to have to punt. The time wasn't even there for them to punt. They never would have mm-hmm. even had to punt. So what are we doing? And it just is one of those things where you don't, Kind of think about, um, we don't get listen, we don't get enough chances to be like this critic, this, this clearly critical of a bad coaching decision. Somebody can say they shouldn't have gone for it on fourth down or they shouldn't have done this, but this is one where you're like, the game would have been over mm-hmm. and you cost them the game. The big thing for me, I, I had to change the channel because they kept showing the running back and I was like, I don't want to see this kid. I don't, I don't want to see how hurt he is because he feels like he did something wrong. When the Georgia tech player made an amazing play and the coach made a horrible decision, horrible decision. This is on the coach. This is not on that player who fumbled. This is not on him. And I want to make sure that that is very clear. And I just, I don't want to, I don't need to see that. Like I, like we, anyone that's played sports knows that feeling of like, I let my team down young man. You did not let your team down. Your coach let your team down. And, again, as you mentioned, how do they trust that he's going to make the right decisions? One of the biggest things in playing – like, I'm, I play college football. One of the biggest things that you have is trust. And you trust that your coaches are going to put you in the right position to succeed. You trust that your coaches aren't going to expose you to things. And whether that's, you know, putting a, you, you can't put a slow guy at a cover at a cover two slot, but you also can't ask a guy to carry the football when the game should be over. So that's a rough one, man. It's That really hurt. It really, 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 really hurt. Like, that was bad. Mm-hmm.
1: I call that a mic drop. That was good stuff there. Michael Felder, college football analyst, writer of Substack. It's Felder. Make sure to follow him on Twitter as well, at InTheBleachers. Michael, thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by ben MGM. Coming up next, Brock Purdy, 7-1 to to win MVP. We'll look at that award and all the others in the individual awards markets right here on the BecQL Network.